0: Listener Production. Created for new dads and dads to be, this season is the ultimate go to guide for men on falling pregnant, giving birth, and what to do once you bring your baby home. Welcome to Birth, Baby, and Beyond with midwife Kath Curtin and new dad Chris Taylor. Welcome to Birth, Baby and Beyond with midwife Kath and Chris Taylor. Today we're talking about grandparents. It's a very interesting time of grandparents' lives and they want to be very involved in new grandchildren.
1: And as you learn as a new parent, grandparents can be an absolute godsend. (laughs) You're not kidding. (laughs) Like ones you previously never needed to see that often suddenly become (laughs) indispensable Thank God she's here. Yeah, um, your mother-in-law. you yeah. should say too, Kat, this is the final episode of the series. So it's nice to be going out with something of a cuddly topic because it's, um, I don't know if your grandfather's anything like mine, they're going to be heavily invested in the baby, especially if it is the first grandchild because it's... It's a massive win-win for, for grandparents. It's, they get yep. all of the joy and none of the responsibility. Yeah, that's right. I kind of can't wait. I know i am just become a dad, but I'm already <laughs> planning to become a grand.
0: <laughs> oh, you're kidding me? I'm nearly there and I can't wait.
1: Kath, have you have you seen the role of grandfathers change
0: over the last 20, 30 oh, years? Absolutely. When you think of grandparents, I'm the youngest of a big family. So, you know, my grandparents were, were very old, but... These days, they're so involved and so happy to be involved. You know, when you're a parent, it's so different. It's your baby. But when you're a grandparent and you've parented this lovely person who's now going to be a parent, what you want to do is guide them Mm. because you don't want them to make some of the mistakes you might have made. And that's a really interesting point because it can be a little bit tense when mothers or fathers or mothers-in-law, mm. fathers-in-law, have a comment. You need to button up and don't comment on things. Just be there and be
1: helpful. Kind of interested to hear you say you want to make sure they don't make the same mistakes you make. But I already I've sort of developed a parenting philosophy that I think parents need to make mistakes. Like it, there's no such thing as perfect parenting. And, and it's sort of a folly of a grandparent to come in and go, oh, I'll tell you how to really do it even if they're admitting they made errors of their own, but they somehow have all the wisdom. Now, I think like a lot of the key experiences in life, whether it's your job, but certainly parenting, you kind of do need to work it out as you go along. And there's some pleasure in trial and error and there's pleasure in making the mistakes and becoming better as a, yep. as a couple. So, but I take your point.
0: No, I know what you're saying. <laughs> I think if any grandparents are listening, the worst thing to say when I had my child, in my day, we used to do things. And I do webinars and I say to grandparents, you know what? Some things have not changed. They really haven't, but a lot have. Mm. Stick to being supportive, doing the shopping. And for new parents, one of the best things, if you've got grandparents around you think, I don't know what to do with them, give them a list. They love a list. (laughs) And doesn't matter how long the list is. No. Give it to them. They'll go shopping. They'll go to Bunnings. They'll go anywhere. They'll mow the front lawn. Yep. It's just give them something to do because they want to help because they love you. Mm. And when you're tired and emotional and it's your baby, the last thing is you want your mother-in-law telling you how to change a nappy. Mm.
1: We don't ask much for them. Just do everything we ask of you and shut up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And go and spend your own money.
1: As society has changed, and more and more women are returning to the workforce after having a baby, it does now very often fall to a grandparent to be the main carer of an infant Mm -hmm. before they start preschool. You know, they're family and they're free. What's not to love?
0: You don't understand until you're actually in the position and you think, you know what, in a couple of years I'll be, you know, minding another little one and going for a walk. I can remember my mum taking my son at Sandringham where we lived like walking along the fence and standing and watching all the trains go by. And she said, oh, every all the train drivers used to go toot, toot. toot, toot <laughs> think. And Locke just loved it, you know. Yeah. Um, and it was just, it took an hour and a half up and down the street, but it's those little things. And my son still remembers that.
1: So we can agree grandparents are really, really useful for picking up the slack on childcare if you're running around to do work or you're doing mm-hmm. other things. Do we, however, in all seriousness, need to be a bit careful not to over-exploit the good nature of grandparents? Like is it do we need to check in with them that it's not a burden and it's not becoming a full-time, exhausting job for them, stopping them from doing things they want to do?
0: Well, I'm just talking about my experience, both grandparents. They were never not happy. It was just always a delight. To look after. They teach them stories and they tell them stories. And the stories are often about their life and about when they were little. But those stories are so important, those conversations are so important mm. for the little one to learn and understand the family.
1: Yeah. No, I agree. And my experience has been pretty similar to yours in that my mum has always been more than happy to look after Rose. And it's always, you know, it's almost like a pleasure more than a chore. But I do have friends for who, whose kids are a little bit older, and they're starting to wonder if they're taking the piss, and you know, had been too presumptuous about just dumping the kids with the grandparents every day, and and of course some grandparents would be more than happy to do it, but mm-hmm. I, I think it we do you do just need to be transparent and honest, and just check in with them, and just say just hey, please tell us if ever you if you want to have a holiday or a day off, just let us know, because they're not just you know child care for hire like they are people who saved up for their retirement possibly with plans yeah. that don't involve grandkids entirely you do see some families where yeah, i just wonder if they're exploiting the goodwill a little bit too advantage much. a little bit yeah. a little bit
0: yeah well i think so i think well my experience and and talking to lots of other people that grandparents will say no what i've found is to have a set day whether it's like every wednesday they go with Nana and Pop and the other Wednesday, the next Tuesday or whatever. And so they know too. And, and because, you know, p- grandparents these days, they're busy. They have their social groups or they go bowling or whatever they do. And having that set time certainly worked in our family.
1: That's true. You said earlier they like lists. The only thing they like more than lists <laughs> is routine. So I think that's a oh, really yes. good idea If you to say Wednesday yep. is Nan and Pop day. and yeah. Absolutely.
0: And you know what? The children like it too. Even though they're little, when they're with someone familiar, they they really love that. I think being a grandparent, with my experience for Lachlan, was just so important, and
1: and so powerful. Both my parents worked um, when I was really young, and I'd always come home to the grandparents' house and. Mm-hmm. And I remember being I have a very strong bond with them and almost like a second mum yeah. in one sense. I kind of think of it as a bit good cop, bad cop in a way And that the parents sort of have to be really responsible and they're the ones who, you know, send you to bed and stuff. But as a grandparent, well, mine were like this at any rate. They're a bit naughty. They've got licence to be good cop is what I'm oh saying. Oh, God. Yeah. For
0: our family, it was just, you know, that real bond, that real love that my fam, my siblings... <laughs> found more troubling than, yeah. <laughs> you know, they were jealousy probably. Um, but yeah, the grandparents today, they're not old, old fuddy days. <laughs> they are active people who want to be a part. Sometimes I've found, Chris, that if it's the other side of the family, your partner's parents, that, you know, sometimes there's a bit of anxiety or there's a little bit of like, oh, I don't want him, I don't want my child to go to your side. Yes. There's a little bit of that, what I hear from uh, from new parents and you know sometimes I think you've got to just you know you've got to trust it's the child's grandparent and it's a loving way of the child having a relationship with their grandparent and that information long term is is so good that they know and they love and loved their grandparents.
1: important, do you think, is it for grandfathers or grandparents to respect the parents' decisions and not impose their own way of doing things? Do you need to set ground rules?
0: Well, it depends on what it is. If it's giving a donut every day, don't worry about it. If it's about serious things on behaviour, yes, they've got to respect what you know,
1: but for some parents, even the donut example, I reckon, could be- oh yeah, beca- become contentious. Like if if you're one of those parents that's really strict about sugar or whatever, and grandpa's mm. slipping you a Krispy Kreme every Tuesday afternoon, I yes. can imagine that becoming a whole issue. Like-
0: I know. Well, it's different for every grandparent. It's about, um, you know, I suppose it's because it's your parent or the or your partner that you love. It's their parent that you know you trust you mm. trust that they're going to be kind and loving and yeah
1: know, all of those things I think not
0: if, do too many bad things.
1: No, I, I guess <laughs> this is a question more about generational change and cultural change like our like my grandparents even my parents were all grew up at an age where disciplining children was very different to how that's viewed now like I don't mm. think many parents at all smack anymore whereas My parents, I was smacked constantly. (laughs) I never had a, I never was, my parents never smacked. My dad had his belt out quite a bit and no judgment. So, you know, extreme example, obviously, but, you know, grandpa's got the kid for the day and if he's used to putting the kid over the leg and just settling them, you know, with a smack or something, if you don't want that to happen, you've got to have that chat. Oh, yeah. You can't just assume grandfather won't bring his old parenting Know how? Yeah, <laughs> his anachronistic parenting know how. Yeah,
0: you know, I haven't grown up with violence, and I'm oh, no, you haven't. I'm not what you're saying, but you know that that is an issue. Some people may not want to leave their child with their partner's parents because they have concerns about them. I think that's valid.
1: Mm. I mean, yeah, yeah. gosh, it, I, it, it, you know, I don't mean to dwell on the, the 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 discipline question, but it's everything. It's sort of, it's food, it's sleep, it's yep. routine, yep. it's, t- yeah, it's yep. television, Sc- relationship with screens, all of, yep. that. All of that. I think yep. you just yep. need to know if you're asking your grandfather or your grandmother to look after your kid for long periods of time, just if you do have very strict views on how that child should be raised, then just to let, the, let your mum and dad know that, so otherwise they could easily default to how they did it 50 years ago.
0: Well, I'm sure there's a the few naughty grandparents that go... Yeah right. No worries. worries. Yeah, (laughs) let's go and watch (laughs)
1: Charlie. I guess related to that, grandfathers have a natural inclination to spoil babies, um, and grandmothers. I think I think you know they all love to spoil the kid a bit, slipping them some ice cream or lollies before they're ready. How do you convey your displeasure at that without rebuking them outright and making it a confrontational scene?
0: But it's not only that, there's a lot of things that have changed, you know, allergies, um, you know, different food, drinks, you know, sugar, like we know a lot more now, whereas when the parents were young, it was different. Uh, A lot of grandparents would say, well, it didn't hurt our kids, it'll be right, you know, but you don't want to build up a secret process either with the child. You know, the grandfather's saying, "Now don't tell that, mum and dad, but yes. I've given you a Coca-Cola for
1: breakfast, you know. Yes.
0: That's just not right. You need to have a very open, because the kids will dob on you anyway down the track. Yeah, no, no
1: kid's keeping that secret. <laughs> no,
0: it's a tricky one. What I see more is that, you know, the father or the mother, not the parents not actually liking one of the grandparents and they find that very difficult to leave their child. But right. it works because...
1: Uh, they're
0: looking after the child.
1: Yeah, Sort of just touching on something you just said, it it is kind of inevitable that one set of grandparents might take on more care duties just because of geographical proximity Mm -hmm. or they're, they're more generally available. Do parents need to be mindful that a child doesn't get attached to one set of grandparents over the other? Does that matter, do you think?
0: No. I think children, once they understand... What a grandparent is, that it's your mummy and daddy, or, you know, whatever the situation. I think children are very trusting and, and loving. You know, they love to hear about the stories and that understanding what a family is and, mm. and granddad is your daddy.
1: There'd be, I'm, I'm thinking of my own situation here, Kath, where so Rose has got four grandparents, two of them live far, far away on the other side of the country. Oh. And so it's really hard for them. And so if we need a babysitter, it's it's never going to be them because (laughs) they're five hours away on a flight. (laughs) A flight. Um, So, yeah, and we do get anxious that, you know, that they bond with them as much and we do things. We, you know, send daily photos and do FaceTime calls as often as we can. So it still feels like they're on the same journey with us. But, yeah, I, I I, I think I do have anxiety that they might get closer to the one they just see more often.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I think also when um when Rose is a little older and, and the holidays you have will be so intense as in, you know, you'll have a week or she'll have a week or whatever time they're with them. She'll get to know yeah. them.
1: It's very much a two-way street. It's not just that the kids are getting so much from listening to old, you know, war stories, either literally <laughs> or metaphorically. Yes, that's right. But... But I think it really sort of brings out a, a sort of youthful joy in the parents as totally. well. It's something that wonderful ABC show, Old People's Home for Four-Year-Olds, did really well, where you see how much it just made took took the heaviness away from the old people. I've so beautiful. I've had a sort of personal experience of this. My father has very advanced dementia, so he, he's not much help from a caregiving point of view. But it's weird, he and Rose sort of have the most beautiful relationship. He he doesn't really talk or remember the rest of us yeah. anymore, but you can sit Rosie down in front of him. And because they're in a very w- weird way, they're kind of on a similar <laughs> level of, de- of brain development. Like they kind of both just work, you know, just sort of sitting in a slightly not quite mm-hmm. their stage, but they smile at each other. Mm-hmm. And he talks to her in a way, he doesn't talk to anyone else. And it's just been the loveliest thing to witness to sort of see sparks of life emerge from his face because of a baby and and she doesn't judge him she just thinks it's normal how he how he is and it's it's in what's been an otherwise very sad experience it's been the absolute silver lining to see how rose has, has touched him and made him human again in a way
0: i totally understand because my mother had alzheimers mm. and she was in care when she went into care it broke my heart but what I saw in the the care where she was, I I learned about doll therapy just through my work, and I went there with a doll for mum, and she was holding it, and I said, "How how are you going?" She goes, Shh, "John's asleep," and I and that was my brother, and I said, oh, "Sorry, didn't realise John was asleep." She goes, Don't talk loud. I'm like, "Okay," and then we got a lot of dolls for this particular area, and it was just. I would cry. I was hopeless because I saw the beauty and the care and the love that my mum gave that doll. And it meant everything to her, having them, but also children, you know, Mm. not just a doll, but children. And she will get that love and connection with your dad as much as what she'll get from anyone else because someone talking to her and engaging her will be just, is just so wonderful.
1: It is, but... But as I said, there's there's something quite special about seeing um, the, the impact that a young innocent child can have on a on a sick mind. It's really and do you
0: find that your dad is very gentle with her? Very
1: gentle, yeah. Very gentle. It's like when the first time we offered him a hold, like my mum was a bit anxious and said, "Oh no, I don't think you should do that. That's a bit dangerous." And but we did, and gentle is the word. Like I don't think I've ever seen anyone hold her as. As carefully and and sort of lovingly, it was. Yes. He's the best holder in the family, and of course, it's it's so beautiful, yeah. it's so beautiful. And it's, very, it's very special, very special. Um, yeah. Kath, that's the end of this episode and the end of the series. Oh. Thank you, Chris. S- no, so thank much. you. <laughs> thank you. Have a group hug. Yeah, around group the... hug. But thank you for going <laughs> on the journey with midwife Kath and myself, even if you've been able to take away one or two nuggets of advice to become a more confident dad or partner and a more present supportive partner, then I think this has uh, all been worthwhile. Midwife Kath, huge thanks to you for bringing your decades of expertise to the podcast. On, a, on an ep by ep basis, for me, it's been both an education and a pleasure. So thank you.
0: Absolutely, Chris. And uh, I know people will love it, will love hearing you and hearing your stories. And I love Rose, as much as you do. I just love her. Are you available for babysitting a, next Friday? The, yeah. <laughs> it's just lovely to have you tell stories and be the voice on this podcast because I, I don't, I've I always thought it's, you know, men don't, they're not sort of talked about enough, you know, as far as that postnatal or antenatal during birth, baby and
1: beyond. I think in a way it makes up for how much men are talked about in every other sphere of life. (laughs) I don't feel (laughs) like we're missing out. But but this is one small area in which uh, (laughs) – and even this area, men are now wanting to nuzzle in and take the spotlight away from women. That's not what this podcast is about. It's uh, and I'm look. I'm not representative of all dads the same way you're not representative of all midwives and all midwife advice. But to be a sample new dad, it's um, it's been an absolute privilege, and I'd I'd love co-hosting with you. If you've enjoyed the podcast, be sure to let other new dads and dads to be know all about it, and who knows, in the future, we may even hear the pitter-patter of tiny feet of a whole new series of... Birth, Baby
0: and Beyond. We should do a grandparents' one when I'm a grandmother. I'll let you all know. (laughs) Thanks, Chris. Thank you so much. Bye. This has been Birth, Baby and Beyond with midwife Kath Curtin and Chris Taylor. Senior executive producer is Lorna Clarkson. Executive
1: producer is Siobhan Hunt. Audio production by Josh Newth and music by Matt Nikolich.